Wow, good morning, kids. That was a doozy this morning, wasn't it? But I'll tell you, I am so glad we were able to get all that fixed and be together this morning. Um, I'm so happy to be uh, worshiping God with you this morning. I look forward to it every Sunday morning. Um, parents, could you please help me again by setting your screens to speaker view? Um, that way I could share some um, slides and props with the kids today. All right, great. Um, are we all ready to hear today's message? Can you show me that you're ready by showing me your jazz hands, your amens? Okay, all right. So do you all remember that um, this year, Easter Sunday was on April 12th? Now, Easter is a very important day for Christians because it's the day that we celebrate Jesus being risen from the grave, and we celebrate how God kept his promise to save us and how he gave us eternal hope and life in Jesus Christ. Well, do you also know that there's another very important day coming up for Christians? It's a very important day because it's the day that another one of God's promises came true. It's the day of Pentecost. That's right. The word Pentecost. I have it with me. There it is. Okay. So if you look at um, our April calendar, right, you will find that Easter is on the 12th. Okay. So you find the 12th on the calendar. Then you count 50 days to the next Sunday, which goes into the month of May. Then we'll end up on May 31st if we count 50 days. So that means May 31st is the day of Pentecost. So that means um, we're going to, for the next three weeks, because we have three weeks enough now, uh, we're going to learn about the day of Pentecost so that we can get really excited and celebrate. Got it? Jazz hands, yeah, yeah. Great. All right. So uh, last week, we heard about Jesus and his family making that long trip to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. Okay. Well, it wasn't the only time that they went to Jerusalem. Did you know that back then, families from near and far made that long trip to Jerusalem at least three times a year? There were three festivals that God told the people they must celebrate, and the Passover was just one of them. Okay? These three festivals were big, big parties where people came from all over to thank God and worship God by bringing an offering to God. So last week, in the story of Jesus and his family going to the temple, it was for the Passover feast. Okay. I'm going to show you how you spell Passover. Okay. Here's the spelling. Um, I have these spelling cards with me every week so that you can learn how to spell these words because it, uh, it's important to remember these words because they appear in the Bible many, many, many times, both in the Old and New Testament. So let's see if you've got this straight. When Jesus was 12, what feast was Jesus and his family going to in the story we heard last week? Do you remember? What was the feast called? If you said Passover, you are correct. Great. Now that we got that straight, I'm going to tell you about another time that the people went to Jerusalem to worship. Now this feast is called Pentecost. I bet families sang, remember those songs of ascent that I told you about last week? 
when they walked to Jerusalem to celebrate the day of Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? What were the people of God celebrating at Pentecost? Well, they were celebrating two things, really. But today, we're only going to talk about one part of it. So you see, long ago, people had to grow their own food. I know that today, we buy our food from the grocery store. If mom or dad want to make food for the family, they go to the grocery store to buy all the ingredients, right? But long ago, people had to make a garden. They plow the earth. They plant seeds in the soil. And they work every day to get the seeds to grow. One thing they grew was wheat. Because wheat is the key ingredient to making bread. Can you imagine waiting for the wheat to grow? It would take months. The people had to be patient. And they had to take good care of the wheat garden. Now, when the wheat starts to grow, it's green. The grains are green. They're not ready to eat. They're soft, and if you try to eat it, it's bitter. So you can't use them yet. But the moment the grains appear, like you see on the screen, which is called the first sign of fruit, and this happens right about the end of spring, the time of Pentecost, families would cut the first fruits of their harvest. It was precious. It was a sign that they were blessed with a good crop, that they would have food for the year. So they would take the first fruits of their harvest and take it with them to Jerusalem to give the wheat grains to God as an offering. Isn't that so beautiful? That was their way of saying to God, God, we are so thankful because you made a covenant with us. We belong to you and you take care of us. God, we know that you are the one who makes the wheat grow. So even before we eat anything we grow, any of the wheat, before we use any of the fruits of our labor for ourselves, we're going to stop and we're going to make sure we first say thank you, God. Isn't that cool? That you might be wondering, what's so important about wheat? Well, let's see. Now, after they make this offering to God to thank God, they go back home and they have to take care of their wheat garden, right? As the wheat continues to grow, through the summer and continues to mature, the wheat gets golden. When it's time for gathering in the harvest in the fall, the wheat begins to look kind of dry. You might be wondering, what do you do with all that wheat? Why was it so important? Well, you would be amazed at how much of our food comes from wheat. It all starts with the green stalks. Then it turns golden. When the harvest is ready to pick, then the grains are separated from the shaft, like the, the hard co um, coverings on it. Then the hard grains are put through a millstone and you grind the hard grains into powder. And what you get is flour. Long ago, flour was very important. It was used to make bread. And bread was the most important food back then. People stayed alive eating bread. That's why Jesus is called the bread of life. Just so that you can appreciate the value of wheat, I've added some extra pictures for you, just for you kids. Probably things that you really love to eat. Things that are made from flour, which is made from wheat. So let's take a look. There's cookies. 
there's cake. All this needs wheat. Now, you know how important wheat was for the people back then, right? Get it now? So you see, when people went to the temple to thank God for the wheat harvest, it was not a small act of thanks. It was huge. It really meant that the people were telling God just how grateful they were for having their daily bread. So when they celebrated Pentecost, they were thanking God for giving them the thing that keeps them alive, the very thing that sustains them. So I will explain more about all this next week. Like I said, this, today, I'm just telling you one part of it. The second part we'll do next week. But before we end, there's one more thing I would like to explain. In the Bible, Pentecost is also called the wheat harvest, feast of the first fruits, feast of weeks, and Shavuot. So you think you can try to remember these for next week? Yeah? Okay, great. So now, let's think about Pentecost. Pentecost was a time to thank God. Pentecost was a time to give thanks to God for all of God's gifts to us. The best way to thank God is to give him the fruit of our labor, the fruit, the things that we produce with the things that, that we work with. So what does this mean? Hmm. Anything that you do, oh my goodness, I'm going to call a name, Emily. Anything that you do, Emily, okay? Anything that you're good at, whatever gift God has given you, you say thank you to God for that gift. And then you give it as an offering to God. For instance, if you're good at drawing, then you thank God for your artistic gift and you make God an offering of your artwork. If you're good at thinking and solving puzzles, then you thank God for making you smart and give God an offering of your intelligence. If you're good at helping others, then you thank God for giving you a kind heart and you give God an offering that shows others your kindness. If you're good at making people laugh, then thank God for giving you the gift of allowing people to have fun when you're around and give God an offering of your sense of humor. You see, God gave all of us gifts. Everything we have is a gift from God. So it is only right to give thanks to God by offering the fruits of all those gifts that God gave us. Because we know that only God makes anything grow, bear fruit, and flourish. So let's pray. Can you open them? Shut them? Thank you, God, for everything. Open them. Shut them. God, to you are fruits we bring. Open them. Shut them. Give your hands a clap. Open them. Shut them. And fold them in your laps. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for everything. How can we not be filled with thanks for the many ways that you take care of us, watch over us, give us so much? Even during this time of being separated and being in quarantine, there is so much to be thankful for. The list goes on and on. It is endless. We are thankful for life. We are thankful for family. We are thankful for our friends. We are thankful for food. We are thankful for the work you give us to do. 
God, most of all, we are thankful that you give us our daily bread, that you give us Jesus, you give us your daily word, you give us your presence, which sustains us and gives us life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, kids.